Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. Once again, we are back here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. And we have a pretty great show today. Not just pretty great. It's an exciting show because it's a little bit different spectrums of what's going on in the world of sports. And I thought since I always talk about like the current events and things that are making the news if in regards to sports all the time how about focusing on one area and what I mean by one area I'm talking about like rivalries and and uh, things of that nature and you know usually we always talk about like who's the best rivalry in sports is it Duke North Carolina is it um, I don't know Ohio State Michigan those are all good options, but I'm thinking the mega big one of them all, Boston, New York. And this can mean Red Sox, Yankees. This can mean Jets, Patriots. I mean, is that really a rivalry? I guess it's more like a beatdown, but just the whole dynamic between Boston and New York. That always seems to be on everyone's mind whenever those two towns go against each other. And I thought it would be great just to put that to the forefront for this episode. Now, I need some help to do this. I'm obviously not from Boston. I, I can say that I hate the Celtics in terms of being a Knicks fan and having to deal with all the Celtics talk all the time. Being a Yankees fan and dealing with the Red Sox talk all the time. So I need some help this time around. And I have Mr. Uh, Joe Kelher. He is the ultimate, in my opinion, New England sports, Boston sports fan. And he's about as detailed knowledge-wise about all these teams as probably I am when it comes to New York sports. So if I was going to be fair about this and really talk about New York and Boston and the whole relationship with that, I brought in a guy who's a big Boston guy, and we're going to go back and forth about it, as well as talk about his career. I mean, the guy is a play-by-play guy. He, uh, he also does some PA announcing for uh, NYU, so he has some great stories. Really a, a, great, a great interview, you know, talking to him about his career and his just love for sports, because at the end of the day, that's what the show is about. It's sports social. You want to know how other people view sports and their take on different things so Joe's gonna be on the show a little bit later and you know just to hear his uh his insight on what goes on with Boston and and his his hatred for the Yankees and and you know see from that end that perspective so it's it's a lot of fun I'm looking forward to that and uh, also just this week in sports as usual um one of the things that I do want to um jump into that it's not just sports related, but it's just affected a good part of the country. And unless you've been living under a rock, you should know about the whole Hurricane Harvey mess that has um, pretty much destroyed many parts of Texas, parts of Louisiana. And it's really been a disturbing scene, seeing that like people that are being forced out of their homes and don't have places to stay, don't have lights, don't have food, don't have clean water. The devastation of this storm pretty much just changed people's lives, and it's a shame. So, J.J. Watt, for those who may not know who he is, is the all-pro defensive end for the Houston Texans, and the Texans were one of those teams that was affected by this. They couldn't practice in their facility, had to go and um pretty much stay with the Dallas Cowboys for a while. He started this whole um fundraiser to help to help people in need, and he, it, it was interesting because it started off as like, okay, I just want to see if I could get two hundred thousand out there, um, try to raise two hundred thousand dollars to help people. All over the country, people have gone to this man's Instagram, J.J. Watt's Instagram, and have donated, I mean, millions upon millions of dollars. And I have a lot of his different Instagram messages because he always wanted to check in and, 
and let people know how much the uh, the amount has has pretty much progressed since the last time he uh, made a video. And it seemed like every day it went up a couple million. So he would keep making new goals and new goal after new goal. And you would get contributions from different people. Uh, Chris Paul from the from the Houston Rockets, he donated some money. You also had from the uh, Tennessee Titans. You have P um, teams like the owner of the Tennessee Titans just donated money as well to J.J. Watt's fundraiser. And you're talking about now they're in like the $15 million mark as we speak. So uh, I have a compilation of all his messages that he put out on Instagram. and It was just an amazing feat. And hats off to him, J.J. Watt, man. The guy really started something. And he made a guarantee that this, is, this money is going to go to those that need it. And you know how people are sometimes when you hear about all these like fundraisers and then the money. People don't know where the money goes. He really guarantees that this money is going to go to the people. And you know what? I believe him. The guy's been on top of this. He's really been pushing for it. And it's really such a great cause to help these people out. Because how devastating is that to realize you can't even go home again? Or, you know, you just can't live a normal life for a while because of a storm. So... It's insane, and I know there's another one, I believe, going to hit parts of Florida. And, um, you know, we wish those people well and just to stay safe. It's a tough time. This is hurricane season. We are in September, and, you know, it's really a tough time out there for people. So really uh, continue to donate. Uh, go to J.J. Watt's Instagram if you want more information. And like I said, I'm going to play a, a compilation of all the different things that he was saying and just, you know, his message that he wanted to get across to people. But um it's it's really, really important. This is goes beyond sports. But uh speaking of just things that went on went beyond, how about the WWE? Now for those who are not big wrestling fans may not get parts of this, but there's a part of wrestling where it's not just about the athleticism and and you know the the great show you know sportsmanship of the actual events. You also have to sell it, and what they do is these like conversations where you see the wrestler you know grab a microphone and the back and forth. They're called promos, and they're basically trying to sell their next fight. You know, it's kind of like the Mayweather-McGregor thing, but this is where it originated. You know, this is WWE, been doing this forever. So, the promo that I'm talking about is probably being considered as one of the best promos in the last 5 to 10 years in WWE. And it involves John Cena and Roman Reigns. Now, these two guys are considered probably the two top guys in wrestling, Cena's been one of the top guys for the last 10 to 15 years. Reigns is the new guy on the block who gets booed by everyone because they feel like WWE has put him together in regards to just being a John Cena clone and he's a, you know, a corporate made champion type of guy. Well, they had a promo which was so epic that they kind of broke that fourth wall. They kind of made it extremely personal. They went off script. Now, WWE usually has these scripts made for some of the promos to be made and, you know, how the wrestlers should uh, go at each other and address certain things. It's supposed to hype it up and make people want to go and buy the pay-per-views. Roman Reigns and John Cena went above and beyond that in regards to the things they said. It was very personal, very to the point. It was He said all the things that fans have been wanting to hear for the longest and it didn't seem, you know, like I said, it didn't seem staged. It just seemed very real. The emotions from both of these guys. And it was just a great job. So I'm going to play that entire segment. It's already been considered probably one of the best in the last five to ten years from wrestling experts. And, I, and I'm a fan. So I just thought this was something great to share just to get a... Get a lot of you guys to maybe understand why people go crazy over wrestling. And and I and I tell this also to people that love acting and soap operas. That's really all wrestling is with the athleticism. It's a soap opera that goes on forever and ever and ever. And uh, just to piggyback off of that, 
Apparently, WWE just announced that they're going to be doing live shows on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, which is a first. So the wrestlers will be working on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. I'm not too big a fan of that one simply because these guys work year-round. And they used to get those two weeks off where the shows would kind of be pre-recorded. That they didn't have, they could just be with their families. So they go from having at least those two weeks off to now having to work through. It's a bit of an odd time for uh, everyone at WWE. And I saw Twitter, a lot of people had opinions about it. As they should, because it's odd. It's uh, very, very odd. But uh, this is the... I guess this is the McMahon dream, and they're going to go through with it. So, very surprising stuff with that one. Um, also, just to, just to also put out there, because like I said, this is Sports Social, your opinions matter. Hit me up via Twitter, at Ed Easton Jr., Instagram as well as at Ed Easton Jr. Let me know any thoughts you want to uh, add to the show, and uh, just, you know, chime in, because... I love to talk sports all day. If you follow me, you know this is pretty much what I do. So um, we have a great show tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie Stein Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. I'm sitting here watching the news and checking the internet and seeing everything that's going on with Hurricane Harvey and the damage it's causing back home. It's very difficult. It's very difficult, not only because we have family and friends back there, some guys have young kids, some guys have wives and families, um, but that's our city. It's very tough to watch your city get hit by such a bad storm and not be there to help, not be there to help with the recovery, not be there to help with the process. Um, It's very tough. So what I do want to do is I want to start a fundraiser because I know that these recovery efforts are going to be massive. I know that there's going to be a whole bunch of people we need to help get back on their feet. I know that there's going to be a lot we need to do to help rebuild. Um, So I'm going to put the link in my bio. If you can donate something small, if you can donate something big, whatever you can donate, please donate to help these people out. Houston's a great city. We're going to come out of this stronger than ever, but we're going to need a lot of money to help these people rebuild. So if you can donate, please donate. Everybody in Houston, stay safe. Houston, Houston, whatever it is, stay safe. We're thinking about you. We're going to come back. We're going to help you out. Yesterday, we set out with a goal of raising $200,000 for Hurricane Harvey and the victims and helping to try and rebuild. Uh, We hit the $200,000 within less than two hours. Uh, We just surpassed $500,000 within less than 24 hours. I I can't even begin to describe uh, what it's like to see people come together for a common cause. It truly is one of the most special things you can witness. There are so many people that are going to need our help. There are so many people that are going to need these funds to help rebuild their families, their houses, their communities. Um, So I can't thank you enough, and I can't encourage you enough to help spread the word. Thank you to everybody who's retweeted. Thank you to everybody who's reposted, who's donated. Uh, Please continue to give. Whatever you can give, $5, 5 cents, $500. We appreciate it so, so much. And the city of Houston is so grateful uh, for the help that we're going to be able to provide. Youcaring.com slash JJ Watt. Please donate whatever you can. Houston, we're going to come out stronger. It's a little after 9 p.m. here in Dallas. Uh, We're still stuck here, obviously. Roads are too flooded. Airports are closed. There's no way for us to get back. Uh, But we're watching on TV and seeing all the police and the firemen and the everyday citizens out there in their boats helping to rescue people, helping to save lives. Uh, It's incredible to watch. Uh, To give you an update, we just passed the $1 million mark, which is phenomenal. Um, $5 here, $10 there. It's just donations from all over. Uh, It's so crazy to watch. So thank you guys. I know you're wondering where the money's going to go. And I just want to let you know that it's going to go directly to the people. I'm working very hard yesterday, today, uh, and all week to make sure that this money goes directly to the people, not to administrative fees or anything like that. Um, So please keep donating. Youcaring.com slash JJ Watt. Houston, stay strong. We are with you. We're going to raise as much money as we can. I've upped the goal to $1.5 million now. Um, so we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that you guys get back on your feet however we can. Real quick update in between meetings here. Uh, $1.5 million goal crushed. I've raised the goal to $2 million. Uh, you guys are unbelievable. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that this money goes directly to the people, directly to the victims. Uh, keep spreading the word. Keep raising money. Uh, youcaring.com slash JJ Watt. 
Um, who knows where this can go? Who knows how much money we can raise? Thank you to everyone who supported. Thank you to everyone who spread the word. Please keep it up. Unbelievable. Houston, stay strong. We're thinking about you. We're with you. We're going to help you. Uh, just about to head out to practice, but I want to give you guys a quick update. We just passed $2 million. It's unbelievable. It's literally unbelievable. Uh, so we're going to raise it to $3 million. Keep donating. Keep supporting. Whatever you can do, get the word out. It's truly incredible. I'm going to do everything I can, like I said, to make sure that this money goes directly to the people. I want you to know that I'm going to make sure that we help as many people as we possibly can with this. So thank you guys. Keep donating. Keep sharing. Unbelievable. Youcaring.com slash JJY. Houston, stay strong. We got your back. Just to give you a quick update of where we are, um, really can't even put into words uh, a thank you for the Tennessee Titans organization, Miss Amy Adams Strunk, a million-dollar donation. Uh, that's from a team in our division, one of our rivals, um, but stepping up for the greater good of the people. I cannot thank you enough. I'm going to do everything to make sure that that money goes directly to the people, like I've said all along. Uh, and to the rest of you, thank you so much. Uh, from donations of a million dollars down to doma donations of five dollars. It's truly unbelievable. I can't thank you enough. We're going to we're at three point two five million right now. I'm raising the goal to four million. Who knows where we can take this thing? Thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, keep donating keep spreading the word youcaring.com slash jj watt incredible humanity is incredible uh the positive vibes are unbelievable houston we're all thinking of you the whole world is wishing you the best stay strong we've all got your back i just wanted to give you guys a quick update uh, apologize for all the updates i know you're probably sick of them but uh, we just passed four million dollars 48 hours ago we set out to raise 200 grand and now we're over $4 million. So I've raised the goal to $5 million. Um, I have no clue how big this thing can get, how much money we can raise. Um, but I can promise that I'm going to do every single thing that I can to make sure that this money goes directly back to the people and that we help rebuild Houston, that we help rebuild the areas around it, and that we make sure that these people get back on their feet. That's our city. That's our community. And I just want to make sure that we get everybody uh, back on their feet. So as much money as we can possibly raise, I can't say thank you enough. $5, $500, 5 cents, whatever you can donate. However, you can spread the word, youcaring.com slash JJWatt. Thank you. I wish I could personally thank every single person that's donated. You're making a huge, huge difference. Uh, please share the video. Please retweet it. Whatever you can do, uh, your help is going to go a long way. So thank you. Houston, stay strong. We're all behind you. Good morning. Uh, I want to give you guys a quick update. Overnight, we surpassed $5.1 million. Uh, over 50,000 people have donated to this thing, and, and it's rising by the minute. Every time you refresh the link, it keeps going up and up and up. So thank you so much to everybody who's donated, to everybody who's spread the word. Um, it's incredible. You know, the most difficult times seem to bring out the best in humanity, and that's showing through right now so much. So please keep sharing. Please keep donating. Whatever you can do, $5, $500, anything helps. Uh, I'm going to make sure that this money goes as directly to the people as possible. It's incredible. Um, so Houston, stay strong. The link for everybody else is youcaring.com slash JJWatt. Um, I can't say enough. Thank you. We're going to do everything that we can. Just keep it up. I mean, you're absolutely incredible. So thank you. I want to give a bit of a more detailed update as to what's going on right now. Uh, we just crossed the $6 million mark. Everything's bigger in Texas, so I'm raising the goal to $10 million. Please keep sharing. Please keep donating. I can't thank you enough. Every little thing helps. Just because the storm is receding doesn't mean we can stop raising money. Um, I want you to know that when I say Houston, I mean all the surrounding areas as well. Rockport, Victoria. We're going to try and help as many people as we possibly can. And throughout this entire process, I'm going to keep you guys updated. I want you to know exactly where your money's going. I want you to know that it's going directly to the people. So the first process that we have going on is we're filling up semi-trucks. Semi-truck drivers have donated their time, their trucks. People are donating. Businesses are donating. And then we're using your money to purchase water, generators, food, clothing, cleaning supplies, things like that. And then we're going to set up shop in a few different areas around Houston. My teammates are going to help me distribute those materials so that we can get this directly to the people. I'll keep you guys updated as we go. Houston, stay strong. Uh, quick update here. Uh, we got back to Houston today. Fortunately, found a path back. Got a chance to come home. Everybody gets to see their families, their wives, their kids. Um, so that's really good for the guys on the team. And had a chance to drive around a little bit to see some of the damage, to see some of the flooding. 
um, it's it's unbelievable. And obviously, there's still so much work that needs to be done. There's still some areas that are flooded, um, but got some absolutely incredible news. Ellen DeGeneres, and along with Walmart, has donated another million dollars to this foundation. Um, so we're at over $8.5 million right now, working our way towards the 10 million. Absolutely incredible. Keep raising money. Keep spreading the word. Please keep sending the message out. Youcaring.com slash JJ Watt. Can't speak enough to the goodness and humanity, to everybody helping out. Um, we're working very hard to make sure that these funds go directly to the people. So many volunteers helping. Houston, stay strong. We're all behind you. We started out on Sunday with the goal of raising $200,000, and we just now surpassed the $10 million mark. Uh, I'm going to leave the link open. Uh, we're going to see how high we can get it. Um, I can't say thank you enough. Celebrities, musicians, athletes, kids with their lemonade stands, and uh, people hosting fundraisers, businesses donating. I cannot thank everybody enough. Um, what's happening right now is, is my focus is very much on getting this money directly back to the people, as I've said the whole time. Uh, we have the semi-trucks being filled up as we speak, coming down here to donate the supplies this weekend. That's phase one. That's going to be the first phase of our operation uh, to get as immediate of an impact as we can. Um, we have things like water, food, clothing, generators, uh, baby supplies, cleaning supplies. But if there's something I'm not thinking of, please leave it in the comments because we want to make sure that we get these people exactly what they need. Uh, so we can help rebuild as quickly as we can. Houston, we're thinking of you. Thank you to everybody who's donated. Absolutely. I want to give you guys an update on where we stand right now. Uh, we just passed the $15 million mark, actually $15.5 million. Uh, every single time we hit one of these landmarks, I'm amazed. Uh, I've said it so many times before, but I think the worst times bring out the best in people, and we're seeing that in abundance right now. Uh, so thank you. Please keep sharing. Please keep donating. Youcaring.com slash JJWatt. Uh, where we stand right now is we want to take care of the immediate needs first. So we have nine semi-trucks fully loaded with supplies coming into town this weekend. My teammates and I are going to go out directly into the community, uh, some areas that were hit very hard, and we're going to hand those out. And then for the long term, uh, I'm, obviously the plan has changed a little bit since it was a $200,000 goal. You guys are incredible, uh, and obviously I understand that you're trusting me in this situation. So I want to make sure that I do it right. I want to do right by everybody who donated, and I want to make sure that we do right by the people of Houston. Uh, so I'm taking my time to make sure that we do this thing right. I'm not going to do it hastily. I just want to make sure that we do it right. Houston, we all have your... special guest here and it's rare for me to be sitting across from a huge Boston sports fan and I feel any type of anger or some type of vengeance or some type of feeling of like you know just just creeped out but uh he's a good guy you know what I'm saying uh so I gotta give him his credit for that you got Mr. Joe Kelher here and Joe welcome to the show first of all thanks Ed. And I have to ask now, because you are a huge Boston sports fan, and I'm talking about, like, the Red Sox, obviously, number one. Yep. Patriots got to be number two, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Celtics, where do they rate in your whole... Uh, I'm a fan. I mean, I, I, I 
would put the Bruins ahead of them in terms of my own personal fandom because I just right. like hockey better than the NBA. But uh, I would say I'm an admitted bandwagon Celtics fan. Uh, when they're good, like now, my interest is renewed. When they're lousy, I you know don't pay as much attention. But so they're they're the only team in the NBA I really pay much attention to at all. So you were you basically were not waiting at the at the Twitter or the computer to find out if Kyrie Irving finally made it over. I was hoping that he would come over. It's it's nice to to finally get the deal done. But if they were asking for you know more in terms of compensation, then I, I didn't want the deal to be done. A second rounder to get it done, whatever. So be it's it. But second rounder in twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, a first rounder or more players, it would have been insane. But uh, I can live with this. Okay, as long as you can live with it, that's that's all that matters. So I'm assuming because since we're on the Celtics kick, you were more of like a, a Bird, Mikhail, you know back during that time, or even like the Pierce era, like what was your, yeah. if you had to pay attention the most? I mean, I grew, I grew up at the very tail end of that original Big Three era. I can remember like the last year or two of Larry Bird's career, Mikhail and Paris hung around for a little bit longer afterwards. It's funny because I lived in Chicago. I, I grew up in Boston, but moved to Chicago because I, so I can remember Robert Parrish playing for the, the Bulls. Yeah. Bulls <laughs> probably a little better than I can as the Celtic, but, um, yeah, I, I do remember those teams vaguely, and then, uh, uh, yeah, obviously they got much better with Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce. I, I was a fan through, throughout like the, the 90s and 2000s, but more or less since Jordan has left the NBA, my interest has, has waned a bit, but I, I've always keep, kept an eye on the Celtics. Okay, that's fair enough. I know a team, obviously, you kept your eye on all the, uh, <clears throat> on the Patriots, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it seems like they... they just can't lose, which is uh, unless they play my Giants, of course. You know. Well, if we play you in the Super Bowl, uh, occasionally down in Miami, that, that's always been a little bit of a trouble spot for Brady, and uh, out in Denver has been a tough spot. Outside of that, they're more or less invincible. Okay, more or less invincible. Now, obviously, the injury that just took place. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel like at wide receiver? You're gonna do to be able to replace Edelman? The guy was basically your number one, right? More or less, yeah. I mean, he might not be the, the best playmaker on the team, but he's been the most reliable guy on the team since Wes Welker kind of, uh, you know, went down and, and left for, for Denver. So, yeah, that's going to hurt. Uh, he's, he's the security blanket, I think, for Brady, but luckily they got a couple other guys can step up and fill the role. Um, I think it'll be Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan, yeah. Play out of the slot. They got a couple, you know, uh, Interesting jack while trade running backs like Deion Lewis, James White, who can maybe mm-hmm. fill in on the slot. So, um, yeah, we, we joke around about how the Patriots just have a bunch of white wide receivers. So, <laughs> one goes down and another steps up, I guess. But, uh, you know, I never noticed. No. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you didn't. They all wear helmets, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so one token guy goes down and another steps up, I guess. I don't know. Um, I think they'll be okay. Uh, obviously it's going to be a tough loss for them but yeah. uh, they, they're a very deep team especially on offense so uh, you know okay. next man up I guess as they say well it's good to know that your spirit's not deflated I mean um, but you know oh, okay. that just get out of I, it slipped I didn't I could use a different word but it slipped we get our retribution for that last year <laughs> but uh, speaking of retribution uh, this is where we gets a little gets a little tough between us because Everyone knows that listens to the show. I'm a huge Yankees fan. You are an equally, probably eh, somewhat equally, just as big Boston Red Sox fan. Just as equal. Just as equal. I don't want to say I'm bigger than you, but I, I do have a <laughs> tattoo of my team. Yeah, I think you win on that. I'm not getting a tattoo of the Yankees or something. That's just not happening for me. Red Sox, Yankees, obviously, uh, had a couple of games this year, and they're battling for first place. Now, I'm going to speak on behalf of the Yankee fans right now, okay? All right, you go ahead. All right. Because I, I, you, me and you go through it, obviously, on Twitter as well. You have your little comments about, uh, you know, Chapman and his uh, things that he does or did in his personal life, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't want to go into that. But, um, <laughs> He's a bad human. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Trot Nixon is worse. But um, <laughs> what I would say with the Yankees, obviously, with uh, Aaron Judge struggling and uh, a whole the back end of the bullpen having its issues... Red Sox are in a pretty sweet position here yeah. to really make some noise and actually win this division. Yeah. So I'm speaking now from the journalistic standpoint, taking the fan side out of it. What do you think about this Red Sox team? Do you feel like they have a shot to go all the way? Absolutely, they have a shot. I, I can't say I have 
extreme amount of confidence in them ultimately hoisting the trophy at the end of the year. I, I think there's just a couple too many holes uh, on that team, but they're, they're a slam dunk playoff team. And once you're in, that's I mean the, the first step to, to doing it. Like If you're in, you get a chance, uh, and they'll definitely be in. Um, Chris Sale, I think, is as reliable of, of an ace number one for the playoffs as he can ask for at this point. So that trade is, has worked out great thus far. Um, but when he gets, once you get past him, there's some question marks on who's going to be the number two, the number three. Uh, Drew Pomerantz has pitched well for, uh, for them, but he's not going to give you a lot of innings. Uh, he'll keep you in ball games when he is in there. Uh, Rick Porcello has really struggled this year. Eduardo Rodriguez is uh, very uh, inefficient at times. And then there's the whole David Price question, whether or not he'll be back. And if he is, yeah. is, is he going to be able to perform uh, a lot of money invested there. A lot of money invested in there. I, I was never a fan from the get-go. It's easy to say that now, but uh, it's just not looking like it's going to work out there. Um, not to mention the the power. They just they don't hit for power. They right. they get a lot of hits. They're they're a very good average on base team, mm-hmm. um, and they can knock in the runs. They're they're you know above the pack. I think in most of those statistical categories, but they're if not last, they're very close to last when it comes to home runs and. Sometimes you need a big power hit in the playoffs, and they don't have that guy that's going to strike fear into the opposing pitchers, really. Um, and I think that might be one of their shortcomings in the playoffs. I think they can make a run, but when you need somebody to step up in you know, the eighth, ninth inning late in the game and you know crank a dinger to, to <laughs> put you back in the game, you could always count on a guy like Ortiz to do that in the past. And I love Mookie Betts. Andrew Benintendi is really growing as a player, but like those guys just aren't putting that kind of fear of opposing pitchers quite yet. So I think the future is bright. They have a good young core. I don't know if they're quite ready to do it this year. It's kind of like with the uh, Yankees having a young team, but um, I still feel like you guys were going to be contenders regardless going into the season. Sure. And, you know, we talk about problems with paying guys. Uh, hey, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury, that's your guy. You know, you want to make a straight-up deal. We'll take a bad arm for, you know. Hey. I, I've heard that offer from you before. <laughs> it's a good thing that you're not running the Red Sox. It's a good thing, right? I don't want to say he wore out his welcome. We, we enjoyed Jacoby Ellsbury's time in Boston. We're appreciative of his efforts, member of two World Series teams, but we weren't exactly negotiating with him when he was looking for that uh, that six, uh, yeah. six no, seven-figure deal, I guess, right? Uh, too, many, too many figures yeah. at this point. We weren't, we weren't necessarily sad to see him go. Um, he, uh, he had a good time in Boston, but we, we weren't going to give him that kind of money. That sounds like a smart move, but, uh, you know... I like how you're saying we, but you know, it's, well, it's just, that's I, our own I, little thing. I've, I've never claimed to be unbiased <laughs> in my, my baseball opinions, but it is what it is. All right. So now I'm going to get into a little bit about you. Obviously, you know, besides just being a big fan of all the uh, Boston sports teams, you actually do little play-by-play. Uh, you've done also some, um, uh, what's it called, like PA announcing yep. during games? Public address announcing, play-by-play announcing. I started all that. I was a broadcasting uh, major in undergrad. A uh, school called SUNY Oswego, um, state school with a little north of Syracuse. So I did uh, Division three level uh, play-by-play for mainly basketball and hockey. We didn't have a football team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of got out of that, uh, settled into like, sales roles for a little while, and then eventually went back to school to get into like the sports business, digital media side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I took classes at NYU. While there, uh, worked part-time for their athletic department and kind of got the foot back in the door to broadcast games again. So I, I do, uh, I guess you could call freelance work, play-by-play for NYU's basketball teams, men and women, and uh, PA announcing where, where needed as well uh, for basketball, baseball, softball. If, if they need me and uh, I'm available, I try to get out there and uh, help out as much as I can. It's good to, to keep the, the pipes fresh yeah. Keep uh, keep the reel going and uh, keep that dream alive, I guess. Well, you actually, you, you did a game with uh, Kenny Albert I did. before. Yeah, I remember yeah. you mentioning that. Uh, how was that? Just That was great, man. Uh, Kenny Albert, if, if you're not familiar, uh, you should look at his work. I mean, he's, he does everything. Uh, the son of the great Martin Albert, who uh, I'm sure you have a very soft spot for, for all of his New York sports work. The voice. The voice. Still the voice, in my opinion, yeah, the Knicks. Exactly. Still uh, is. Kenny was great, man, because like, you, you hear him do, like, he's one of like the main guys for, for Fox. He does baseball, mm-hmm. he does football. 
Um, I know he fills in for Knicks games every now and then as well. I believe he's the voice of the Rangers on the radio. Yeah. So you just hear him everywhere. So even if you're not exactly familiar with who he is as a person, you've definitely heard his voice if you watch sports. So to sit alongside of him and actually hear him say my name, like top of the broadcast, like I'm Kenny Albert alongside Joe Kelleher. It was it was almost like it was coming through a TV screen, and it was instead going through headphones into my ears. Like wow, this guy who's always on TV saying my name. So that was that was a, a very cool moment for me. I don't know if I'll be able to top that one. I mean, this play by play stuff I do is this freelance on the side kind of work, and. Uh, you know, if that's the best moment I have as a broadcaster, then it's it's still better than most people ever get to do. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Learned a lot about just preparation that goes into it. Uh, to see what he does, even for a Division three basketball game. He did the mm-hmm. same amount of preparation for that as he would for an NFL game or an MLB game. Mm-hmm. Whole uh, shot sheet, I guess you could say, of, um, <clears throat> of notes and that kind of thing. He prints out these cards goes uh, numerically down the roster and has each player listed next to their number, notes about them, things that he wants to talk about. The preparation he put in for a Division III basketball (laughs) game blew me away. And I think I took that for granted because I get to memorize the rosters a little bit more easily than him. But to see how much work actually goes into it was... amazing. Yeah, it was was eye-opening and it was was really fun to, to get to sit next to him for a couple hours and run from him and managed to keep in touch with him a little bit. I bump into him here and there. Uh, he's a very good guy, which is uh, which makes working with him uh, that one time even better. That's really cool. And I have to, before you go, now, we have this thing where you always have these, like, I call them Joe K's true sports stories. Okay. Yeah. I know this one story I'm going to lead you into because I think it's still great and it's just great for me because it, already, it, it depends on the Giants. Doing. It yeah. depends on the Giants. You actually, after the Giants Super Bowl, the first one against the uh, Patriots. Yep. You actually met up with a uh, former Patriots player a little bit afterwards. Uh, a former Patriot or, or some Giants? Oh, Giants. I'm sorry. It was a yeah, former yeah. Giant player. Yes. Uh, I was living in, in Albany at the time, which where the, was where the Giants were doing their, their summer ball for, mm-hmm. for training camp. So it's like a Tuesday night. I was you know in my young 20s at that point, so it wasn't unheard of to go out for a few drinks on a Tuesday night and uh, still make it into work in, in one piece. So yeah, my, my roommate and I were, were out at a local watering hole and who walks in uh, but half of the Giants from from the 2009 season, I guess it would have been. Lost so, here. you know, I got in a conversation with Brandon Jacobs, who was really approachable. Antonio Pierce was hammered and making fun of me because I was a Patriots fan. Uh, <laughs> but the, the real interaction that I was proud of, uh, I was at a bar, at the bar waiting for a drink, and really tall guy uh, steps up to the bar next to me. I look up, and it's Plaxico Burris. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this guy just caught the winning touchdown against my team six months before that. So I'm like, should I say anything? Should I just let him be? But, you know, he's minding his own business. Nobody was bothering him. So I just figured I'd get in one little thing. And I said, hey, man, congratulations on the Super Bowl. Um, I effing hate you. <laughs> I had a little liquid courage. But congratulations anyway. And he kind of looked at me a little, like, surprised, like, who is this kid and why is he saying this? And then I asked him, uh, do you think I could have played better defense on you on the game-winning catch you made in the Super Bowl? I think he was just kind of taken aback by like how abrupt I was, and he laughed. He's like, "Honestly, you probably could have." <laughs> really I think it was Ellis Hops who was on him. So, uh, oh, man. shout out to Ellis Hops because <laughs> Plaxico Burris thinks a uh, five foot nine, completely unathletic slob like me could have played better defense. Um, and then the funny thing was, he uh, he shot himself <laughs> oh, uh, in the New York nightclub like a week later. Uh, uh, so I don't know time. if he was carrying a gun on him uh, when I was standing next to him, but it was less than a week later that he accidentally shot himself in the leg. So, wow. you know, could have happened. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's good timing or not, but a very interesting interesting moment, huh? Yeah, it was it was uh, a funny little uh, piece of, of my own personal Al- uh, Albany history, and it was my interaction <laughs> with the Super Bowl champion Giants. So, Your favorite guys? My favorite guys. So whatever. I mean, like that one stung, and you know, I think it always will sting for for the rest of my life to a certain degree. But when when you bounce back like the Patriots have and you put goes. together their own dynasty, it's uh, 
it, it helps make it a little bit easier to deal with. So that's how you catch, man. Like I don't care how successful any team is. The same is gonna be for you, like as a Yankee yeah. fan. Yeah. Like you had how much success back in the late nineties and early two thousands, but I guarantee you that sight of like that bloody sock in two thousand four, oh, like that Johnny Damon Grand yes. Slam. Ortiz heroics, like it, it hurts. It's sickening. It's it sickening. I, I didn't cheer for him when he came to Yankee Stadium for his last game. I'm sorry, yeah. I just couldn't do it. Well, yeah, any sports fan who wants to criticize for <laughs> for you know complaining about a team's success or lack thereof, like I guarantee, <laughs> if you were in the same shoes, if you're if you're not a Patriots fan, let's say you're a I don't know, a Colts fan or whatever you might root for. If your team is like in the doldrums and then they all of a sudden have success and like they go on a five, ten year bender of like just championship after championship, it's all going to be great. But like the one year they don't win, if it's like heartbreaking fashion, you're always going to remember that. <laughs> and people will rip on Patriots fans like, you have nothing to complain about. True. Yeah. We yeah. don't. You don't. But we can still feel the hurt of those other games. You, you always think about the losses. I don't know why the psychology is that for, for sports fans, but I think we like to just beat ourselves up a bit. You know, Joe okay. you know, obviously, before we go to break, just in honor of you being here on the show, the song we're going to play on our way into break will be uh, Sweet Caroline. Okay. I can do all that. Just for you, just for you, all right? I'm not, I'm not the biggest Sweet Caroline fan. I think it's a little <laughs> overdone, uh, but it's a staple of Fenway Park, and uh, I appreciate that. No problem. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. I uh, hope to have you on maybe one time in the future after a Yankees, you know, championship, another oh, Giants man. title. I think that would be great let's, if you could let's, feedback. Let's, let's agree feedback. on this. If we can get a Red Sox-Yankee <laughs> playoff rematch for the first time in, uh, I guess it'll be 13 years yeah. this year, then, then I'd be happy to come back. Talk a little trash back and forth, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, overdue to, to be on with with everyday Ed. Oh yeah, everyday bringing the sports news. <laughs> uh, happy to be here, and we'll be happy to come back whenever you want. Thank you, man. I definitely appreciate it. You listen to Sports Social Edison Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Where it began, I can't begin to know it. But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hand Touching hands Reaching out, touching me, touching you. Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. Now, I was hyping this up, this whole promo with Roman Reigns and John Cena, just so that people can understand the intensity that went into this. These guys are, at this point, considered two icons. And their interaction on the um, on this episode of Monday Night Raw was uh, pretty pretty iconic. And, and like I said, people have called this one of the best promos in the last five to ten years. Just the crowd's reaction to everything they were saying is probably one of the more remarkable parts of it. So it's been getting a lot of attention on the blog sites as well as uh, radio shows and including this one, obviously. So uh, it's definitely enjoyable. And I do want to make, before I play I do want to um, point out that uh, Ric Flair, who a lot of people were worried about, he was uh, in a, med- a medically in- induced coma not too long ago, is apparently up and um, up and moving again. He uh, put a video out talking about, you know, that he's good. He's wearing a shirt saying, I'm not dead yet. So uh, he's, you know, he's being his regular over-promoting self. Uh, Ric Flair is, uh, is up and moving. So I think everyone's happy to see the nature boy uh, moving and grooving again, as he would say, because, uh, you know, it was looking pretty grim there for Ric Flair. But uh, without further ado, 
Here is the epic, yes, I'm using the word epic, promo between John Cena and Roman Reigns. John Cena versus Roman Reigns. This is WrestleMania worthy, but Kurt Angle, I like your swag, man. You're ready to do it. I'm ready to do it. They're ready to see it. We're going to do it at No Mercy live on the WWE Network. This, this is the reason I came to Monday Night Raw to be in this ring face to face with a man who says he, he runs the yard. With the big dog. With the guy. And if you don't believe that, just ask him. He'll tell you. And why not? Because ever since Roman Reigns has stepped foot in a ring, he hasn't just been the blue chip prospect. Roman Reigns has been the blue chip prospect that has been protected against anyone and everyone that steps in his path. And then there's me. And we've been through a whole heck of a lot together. And you know me, and I know you, and you know I got zero Fs to give. And I'm the one dude ain't no protection from. And that is why I want to fight Roman Reigns, because I know that Roman Reigns don't want to fight me. Man. Man. Let me get this right. It's all good, Memphis. I'm just trying to check my facts here. So I'm scared to fight you? I don't want to fight you. That's what's in your head. You may not understand this because probably no one's ever told you this before, John. But you're not as big of a deal as you think you are. And this is the fact. I don't care what you've done or what you plan to do. I've done something you'll never do. I retired The Undertaker at WrestleMania. So maybe it's not that I don't want to fight you. Maybe I just don't need to. You're right. No, he's right. He's right. You, you, you don't need to fight me. You are the high exalted Roman Reigns. You are the big dog. Everybody back there knows it. Everybody out here still kind of trying to figure it out. You see, Roman, I'm what you would call a polarizing figure every week. There are people that, that cheer because they stand for what I believe in. And then there are people that boo because they don't. And then every single week, you can audibly hear those people so desperately wanting me to change the content of my character. Maybe a little heel turn. But with, with you, it's, it's different. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this. They go back and forth with you because when they look at you, they see what I see. A cheap-ass, corporately created, John Cena bootleg. Wow. This... this chump right here, he ain't the guy. Dude, you're just a guy. A guy trying so desperately to fill shoes that you never will. Listen carefully, young man. I'm not the undertaker. I'm not a battered veteran at the end of his career with a bad hip. I am the fastest, 
strongest and hungriest that I have ever been in my entire life. And the reason you won't sign that is because you know if you do, your Roman Empire He did it again. He's the king of this. He can take anything and spin it. That's what he does. But it blows my mind that he stands out here and he runs his mouth and he's talking about, y'all boo him because y'all want him to be a bad guy? They boo you because first of all, you suck. Hey, uh, uh, according to them, so does he, but that's okay. He won a gold medal. Just shut up for a while. How about that? And second of all... Go ahead, find it. Go ahead. Oh, wait. It's called a promo, Shut kid, your and if you mouth, want John. to be the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do it, so go ahead. <laughs> See you, fourth wall! <laughs> the reason why they boo you is because they see right through you. You're a phony. You're a yes man who can learn how to do anything or be anything. So if you wrap all that up, you're just a fake bitch. Oh, we're talking now, ain't we? Yeah, you're hearing me now, ain't you? Not only that, he's a part-timing fake-ass bitch. And I'll be damned if I don't bust my ass Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every single week so you can hang out on the Today Show. Then jump on his big old bus, and hell, maybe I'll come to a WWE show if they pay me enough. But what are you really gonna do, John? What are you gonna do, huh? You're gonna jump off that bus with that big ass shuffle. That big shut, that big shovel. That's what you're gonna do, and you're gonna bury as much young talent as you can. Because that's what you do, right? That's how you stay on top of the mountain. You'll do anything. You're just a backstabbing shark. But the thing is, the reason why you don't like me, what irritates you about me, you can't bury me, John. You can't touch me. Hell, I think this is fitting. I'm the one guy in the WWE that John Cena can't see. So now tell me this, why would I want to lessen myself, my legacy, my bloodline to be the next John Cena when I can be the one and only Roman Reigns? done? You done? You, you see, you see, because Roman Reigns is a fool. Roman Reigns is a damn fool. There's an old saying, it's better to keep your mouth shut and have people think you're stupid than to open and prove them right. You, of all people, you, Waltz down here and use the same pathetic excuse that every other single person before you has done. You, 
with all your gifts and all your opportunities, you have the gall to blame me. That's fine, that's fine, big dog. Congratulations, it took you five years to cut a halfway decent promo, but now I'm about to shrink you down to size. Oh boy. Okay. So everybody back there thinks I got this mythical golden shovel, that I got these magical powers that I can control everything and keep everybody's fate. Dude, I can't tell if you're blind or stupid. Look and listen. They hold the keys. They always have. They always will. But you got to blame me. Fine, I've been hearing that racket for 10 years and I ain't tired yet. I'm strong enough. I've been called a lot worse by a lot tougher. But you actually believe that I'm a shark, that I hold everybody down, that I swim to the top and keep them underwater at any and all costs. I'm a level with you, homie. I haven't main evented WrestleMania in five years. I was the opening match at SummerSlam. I was honored and privileged to earn the United States title at this stage in my career and use it as a beacon of opportunity to introduce new superstars to the WWE like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, just to name a few. You took the US title as a demotion. And you stand there and blame me. Fine, I blame you. I'm still here because you can't do your job. When it comes to this yard, you probably haven't learned it yet. There's only one rule, step up or step aside. And over the years, there's been a few to step up, but nobody to ever keep up. And then I finally hear about this one guy, the guy, the Roman Reigns, the one that can keep up. And now I look at you and I listen to you. You should be ashamed I'm a part-timer because I can do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. Take the time to thank my guest Joe Kelleher for coming on the show today to defend the Boston sports, New England sports fans out there, and uh, just for you know sharing so much of what he's doing in his career, uh, as well as his uh, very interesting stories. So uh, thanks again, Joe, for that. Um, also, just once again to remind everybody, hit me up via Twitter at Ed Easton Jr. Same thing with the Instagram. Let me know what you want to hear. You know, this show is um, it's called Sports Social for a reason. So your thoughts and opinions do matter a whole lot, uh, as well as just checking out Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. And, you know, stay tuned. There's going to be a regular schedule coming up for this show. You listen to us on the iTunes, whether it's through the Keep It A Real Sports channel or through Brooklyn Free Speech. There's going to be plenty more to come, um, possibly with the television. So just going to tease that out there a little bit so thank you for everyone for listening is much appreciated keep it a real sports.com sports and until next week everyone have a good day <laughs>